Hey kids, welcome back to On Stage, Off Stage. I'm your host, George Sapio, and our guest this month is Peggy Carey. Peggy is currently a production assistant at the Public Theater in New York City, and she's been a personal friend and colleague of mine since 2008, when she was stage manager for Theater Incognita's production of David Mamet's play, American Buffalo. Since then, Peggy has had numerous theatrical adventures, including a four-year stint as the production director for the Ithaca Fringe Festival. Um, why don't we start off with where you are now? In, I mean, because I've, I've known you for since, what, 2008, I think. Um, yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. A million years, I'm, I'm, give or take a million. At least a million, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but now you're at the public. I mean, the much-heralded yeah. public theater. And this, this institution, it's, it's an icon in the theater community. It's known around the world. And having worked with you and knowing your outstanding organizational abilities, I mean, let's put it this way. I'm sure you could organize a moon landing on your lunch hour. Um, Did it but, yesterday? Yeah, Successful. okay. Well, there you go. Good. Um, <laughs> and here I thought I was being clever and original. So much for that. <laughs> Tell you what, give us an idea of what you do there. I mean, you, what's, what's your job title, first of all? Yeah, so now I'm an associate production manager here. Um, so I am able to just focus on our readings, our developments, our events. And then I also hire all of our stage managers for all of those, as well as our main stage. And I book all of our rehearsal space offsite. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of everything. Um, I, I love it. I kind of created this role in a lot of ways. I started out as an intern and then moved my way up the ranks. And how'd you get in in the first place? I met Maria Goyanis, who was our associate um, producer, now is the artistic director at the Woolly Mammoth Theater. She, she and I met when I was a student at the National Theater Institute in, um, at the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center in Connecticut. And I was like the lone production manager in my class and everyone else was a director or a writer. And she turned to me after I was like, I'm a production manager. And was like, would you like an internship? And I was like, why? Yes, I would. Thank you. And a good day. <laughs> so I emailed nice and her. polite. I know. And so she emailed, I emailed her and, um, and then she forwarded me along to the production manager, um, the senior production manager at the time. And then one thing led to another, and I was here for a three-week internship right before, actually, the first Fringe Festival. Okay. So this great. was, what, like, six, seven years ago? It's like five years ago. Okay. Was it the second Fringe? <sighs> you know, it's all fuzzy to me. We're going to talk about the Fringe later as, as, soon, as, <laughs> as soon as the coffee kicks in over here. <laughs> it's... I don't know that there's enough coffee. Uh, <laughs> painful memories. Um, so she offered, she offered you an internship. Um, yeah. So what did this internship consist of? I mean, it's, I, I think we're talking for all of the, you know, uh, stage would stage manager wannabes out there. I mean, what's this like? Yeah. So I started, I did a three week internship in production management actually, and worked with a production management department on anything that really came their way. So I was doing anything from helping to load in a reading to um, setting up tech tables for um, one of the many shows we're doing to reorganizing our offsite rehearsal space document. So I did a little bit, honestly, of what I'm doing now, which is kind of cool, and worked on some projects as readings that ended up being main stages when I came back to work full time, which was pretty exciting. And after that three week internship, I was asked if I wanted to 
come back in the summer uh, for an internship. So I kind of, I did a exit interview and an interview interview <laughs> all at once. Uh, okay. It's kind of like a revolving door here. Yeah, exactly. And then did an internship um, over the summer, our general production internship for three months. And seriously, George, it was like a revolving door because at the end of that internship, uh, there was a there was an opportunity for a assistant, a temporary assistant to the production executive because one of the women in that office was going on maternity leave and they needed an extra hand. And I ended my internship on a Friday and I started that job on a Monday. And then while I was in that position, the production executive um, called me into her office. I was like, hey, I know you like production management. I know that's your passion. I know that's where you want to go. We have an assistant production manager role open. Do you want it? And I said, yes. <laughs> and then kind of just kept going from there. And they kept calling me and they kept offering me things. And here I am. Nice. Uh, you, you kind of crazy. Well, yeah, in a sense, it sounds like a whirlwind, you know, going out of a job yeah. on a Friday and coming in on a Monday. It's a miracle they gave you the weekend off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you mentioned earlier about you were the only stage manager in a sea of directors and writers. You know, I mean, it's the, the, the whole glamour position, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I know from experience that finding a good stage manager is a gift. It's, it's a true gift to any production. And I truly believe the stage managers are the heart and soul pretty much of any, you know, any production in order to get it up and running with any sort of credibility. Um, are you running across a lot of other people who want to be stage managers or are they all shooting for, you know, the, the glamour positions? Yeah, I mean, there's so many stage managers in the city, and I think more programs now in colleges are are they have more stage management tracks and more production management tracks as well, which is great. Even Ithaca College, where I went, um, didn't really have a specific um, a, a specific production management track, let alone a specific stage management professor, um, really, or a stage management track. And now they have a mentor who is so focused in that and guiding these stage managers on their journey, which is really great. And I think a lot more programs are doing that, even if they're a more generic degree. Um, they have they have many more ways for students to get there and students to figure out these tracks, which is a great thing. Yeah. What kind of person goes after that that sort of job? I mean, you know, everybody wants to be on stage or everybody wants to be in the director's chair. Um, you know, I mean, but the whole behind yeah. the stage thing, you know, everybody from producers to uh, you know, stage managers is it takes a certain kind of person. So really, who who are you that you graduate gravitate towards this sort of thing? I think it's a combination of people. Um, I certainly am the type of person who, although I have been on the stage and there are certain, um, there are certain programs I like for stage, um, like, like our lovely Meisner technique, which works well for me. It, it is not something that brings me, that brings me the excitement that I think what I do does. And, there are lots of people like that who they've been on stage or they haven't been on stage or they have no desire to be on stage. And, uh, they, but they like seeing the inner, the inner workings and the like way that the, the way that the train runs physically, like what is inside that train? How does it, 
how does it move? Does it need gas? How does it like, how does it function? And I think people who have that curiosity and that interest to see what's behind the curtain are the people who gravitate towards it along with like, frankly, just an organization and a uh, attention to detail and, uh, and a way to see how, see how the whole picture kind of comes together. Yeah. Uh, I've seen you on stage, uh, in, I know. in, in several of the, well, and, uh, you're, you're, you know what you're doing. You're highly competent. You're, you're very capable. You, you handle a script very, very naturally. Uh, you could, I think you could probably have a decent, if not great career on the stage if you went for it, but you've gravitated towards, I'm going to say, you know, charts and spreadsheets mm-hmm. and making sure that all of these 5 billion pieces all fit together. I mean, is this something that you've always been attracted to doing or how did you, I mean, really, how did you figure out that's what it was? I feel like that's honestly just like part of it is just how my brain works. And that might be such a cop out answer, (laughs) but it's true. Like I, I think in lists, I think, you know, what do I have to get done for the day? How is my, where's my calendar looking? Like what, what do, what does my budget look like for this month? Like, that's how my brain works. It works in numbers. It works in lists. It works in charts. It works very visually. And something about acting was just like, although creative didn't, didn't excite that part of the brain, I think, which was just, just a a bummer. (laughs) And, and when you miss like the, the thing that sparks you joy, then why, why continue doing it, you know? And although when I was little, acting was really the only thing that there was. I grew up originally before Ithaca, uh, lived in New Jersey for uh, about 10 years and the first 10 years of my life. And acting was the only thing that I really could do with their small theater company, their community theater company. And so I acted for a few years and then and when I moved to Ithaca, I also was acting in in my musicals in and plays in middle school, and then really high school and being part of, um, honestly, being part of the actors workshop and noticing like, hey, there's a need for this person who is putting all the parts together and keeping it keeping an eye on all of these moving pieces, and and that's not a role that's currently filled. So how can I help? And does does that excite me more? And once I started doing it, I was like, oh yeah, this, that does excite me more. And I, I am good at it. So yeah. why don't I continue doing it? Okay. It's, uh, it sounds just like you, you, you fell into it. It's, yeah. I, I, I know from taking the same uh, Meisner course that mm-hmm. when it came time for showcases. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Hello world. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was this, this overwhelming sense of panic. Uh, who are we going to get to make sure this thing doesn't crash and burn? Because yeah. all the students are concentrated on a not you know losing their lines and b not falling off the stage. And yeah. it's literally herding cats. Except cats are warm and fluffy, and actors you just don't, you, you don't want to touch them very much. Um, I don't know. Cats can be like that sometimes too. I hate cats. <laughs> Okay, we're going to disagree on that. Um, but, and I was going somewhere with this, but, um, oh yeah, Meisner. It, it's, 
you know, th- this whole acting technique, has anything that you that you learned in that class, all right, and this is a sandbag question, um, you know, assisted you later on? Because yeah. everybody thinks it's just repetition. Oh, yeah. No. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's so much – I mean – yeah, it's an acting class, but I think, and we always say in it, like, this is not therapy. This is a, this is a class. This is an acting class. If you need therapy, go out and get therapy, you know, but it is, it is a form of it for sure. And I think also it is just honestly gives you language to be able to communicate better, um, and communicate better about how you're feeling and be more in tune with yourself and be more in tune with others. And that's like really what it's given me is being able to look at, you know, our line, one of our line producers or being able to look at, you know, the company manager I work with very often and say like, hey, you look down today. Are you okay? Do you need something? Or like, hey, I noticed that this didn't go out at, on the time it wanted to go out on. Like, is everything okay with you? Can I help with anything? And just being able to word things in a way that is more just based on the observation, which is really what Meisner is coming back to. It's not, it's not judgment. It's not, it's not being rude about it. It's just coming back to the observation and saying like, Hey, you look blank. How can I help? Or, you know, I'm, you're making me feel a little defensive, you know, and, and I don't like that. So let's talk about that and figure out how we can communicate better so that I don't feel defensive and you don't feel like you have to defend yourself. And production management is all about communication. I communicate with artists. I communicate with directors. I communicate with uh, our staff. And in order to do my job effectively, I have to be able to communicate with them well. And even if they're not communicating well to me, (laughs) like I have to be able to hold my own and be able to say like, yeah, I totally hear you. And that really sucks, but let's get through this together. And how can I help next time so that, we don't have to have this conversation where you're yelling at me <laughs> or when where you feel like I did something wrong and I'm feeling defensive. So how do we get, how do we go forward from here? Um, it's not easy. Am I, it's, it's, yeah, I, no. I, I remember taking the, I, I do remember taking four semesters of the class and I think I'm one of the most upfront people that I know. I, I, I know what I want to say and I know that I'm usually almost always prepared to say it, but mm-hmm. Learning to be that honest on the spot like that is a challenge. And yeah. it, it's, it's always been in the back of my head. Now that I've got that talent under my belt, so to speak, I wonder if it, you know, it's, it's definitely adversely served me in a couple of times where I just shot back at somebody <laughs> with, well, I'm being honest. Uh, but, yeah. you know, perhaps the way I said it is uh, not the best way to grease the wheels and make this project happen. And <laughs> would you please stop crying. Please, no, please stop. Cry- Listen to me. <laughs> well, there's a finesse. <laughs> there's a finesse sometimes. That's hard. You have what I call is like my inside voice and my outside voice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I can't separate them my sometimes. My inside voice can sometimes feel like <laughs> my outside voice is like, I hear you. I hear you so much. I, I you are, I understand. <laughs> I'm <laughs> hearing later, you too much. I'm hearing you so well right now. Yes. And I get it. And I get it a hundred percent. What can I do? Nothing. Great. 
Love that. <laughs> Keep yelling, please. Oh, I love it. Oh, Lord. We met, as I said earlier, like somewhere around 2008, where you were the stage manager for yeah. Theater Incognita in Ithaca, a production of, inaugural production, actually, of mm-hmm. American Buffalo. Yeah. David David Mamet. Yeah. And... That was an experience I'm sure I will never forget for <laughs> many different reasons. Um, but you were, I mean, you were, you struck me as being very young at that point. And I think you were about 15 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, not to give your age away, but too bad about that. Um, Spoiler. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> but I'm wondering what. Don't worry. I'm in New York. We have sirens. Okay. We love it. I, I thought the war was on for something. <laughs> Ready to run and get a gas mask and duck and cover. Um, what There's was... no quiet conversation in New York. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Lord. So tell me about that. I mean, it's was it was that your first semi-professional stage managing gig? Had you done anything before that? And what was it like? Honestly, be, seriously, be honest, because right now I've got, like, no ego and nothing left. Um, what was it like working <laughs> with, with that particular crew and keeping it together, especially since one of the actors went out of his way to completely trash the set every night? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, honestly, it was one of my first experiences. I had done a bit with the Actors Workshop before then, and I had done a little bit of stage management at my high school but not much. So that was really like more of a professional based experience, um, for me. And one of my first, if not the first. And, um, I was really like figuring out what my role was, which was like, not only what a stage manager does, but also what my role does in that particular production, which was good and bad. (laughs) Because I think I was definitely learning a lot, about what stage management does, but also figuring out like what that particular production needed and filling in the gaps. Right. Um, and (laughs) that show was just bananas, uh, (laughs) for lack of a better word, (laughs) just bananas. I mean, the one, the only George Sapio, um, ruined my set every night um which was great but for some reason that was just my direction bit, the director told me oh to. yeah yeah but for some reason went a little bit further each night <laughs> <laughs> maybe unintentionally but it sure felt intentional and well, picking I, up all of that every night was just a joy but also we were also in like not a theater space you know what i mean right. like we were in a art studio where every time we went into the space was different. And so being able to adapt to that, which like, I think now I'm, I'm way better at it than I was then, but coming in each day and being like, Oh, these easels are in a spot that I didn't expect them to be great. Let's move them. This, we have to reset up all of the props so that George can knock them down (laughs) and let's put them in the same spot. And we have to rearrange this desk and oh the my my table where i'm sitting is going to be a little bit different tonight because we have someone coming in a wheelchair and so i need to move over from the door you know certain things like that just had to be adjusted each night and right. as someone starting out was a lot harder for me to 
come to grips with. And I think, I think I did it well, but now looking back, I'm like, Oh God, that flexibility I had to do my first time was hard. And, but honestly prepared me for the fringe and prepared me for what I do now, where I have to always be flexible because I don't know what's going to happen. Hey kids, you're listening to On Stage, Off Stage. I'm your host, George Sapio, and our guest is Peggy Carey. Peggy is currently a production assistant at the Public Theater in New York City. She's also a personal friend and a longtime colleague, and we are talking about all things delightful and delicious about production managing in both the big leagues and traveling that oh-so-important learning curve. Stick with us. Good stuff going on here. Yeah, I, I, I remember, you know, it's because I knew this was one of your first gigs, if not your first gig. And yeah. given the fact that I had carte blanche to literally trash the set every night. And I remember you and I talking about this. I was like, Peggy, really? I mean, how far can I go? And it struck me at that point where you just looked at me and said, you can do this. You can do that. You can take down those shelves. You can upend this table. But if you touch the jigsaw puzzle, I'm going to hurt you. Yeah, and then that disco ball just got oh, that disco more, ball. more broken. <laughs> I hated that disco ball. For some reason, I just fixated on that disco ball. Yeah, and, you're like, every sparkle doesn't come off by the end of the show. And that large, that large ceramic cow that they had, I don't know what it was, but that large thing, I just, I tried to pick it up one night. I almost gave myself a hernia. Yeah, uh, but anyway, it's, I... Realized it was a ton, an awful ton of work for someone to do, and it was only you doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's a heck of a an entrance to a job where you're playing pretty much everybody's nanny and everybody's you know it's it's shepherd in a sense to to keep and and therapist in some ways you know Uh, like you're also like so much of my role is also now and and is just making sure everyone feels good. And even if I'm having the most stressful day or I'm annoyed that that damn disco ball has never seen less shimmering splendid, um, I have to have a a good attitude about it and also, like, be able to say, like, hey, George, love that, hate that, let's talk. (laughs) And and be able to say, like, hey, you, you – like broke a lot more shit today are you okay like are you feeling okay or did you have a hard day like let's talk about that mm-hmm. um and that's that's your job it's like you're the and especially on that show when it was such a small group of us that our job was really like all of us were really playing putting on a lot more hats exactly yeah i mean so what's it like now because you, you are working with Big time people in New York, you are working with directors and actors, people who have tons of experience. So your people skills really must get called into overtime sometime. And Mm -hmm. being everybody's, you know, the go-to person is a huge, huge responsibility in the first place. And it's daunting and it's scary. Um, So, I mean, how have you, how do you handle like some of this 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 adversity is it is it just taking a deep breath stepping back and approaching it from as calm a place as you can yeah i think there i work so i work primarily with two lovely women um 
in uh, what we what we have here on all of our shows and also our readings um, and our events, honestly, is a show team. So we have a line producer, a company manager, and a production manager on all of our projects and what we consider the show team. And for readings, um, I have I have two fantastic women who are on that show team with me. And what's great is that I feel like like American Buffalo or like uh, the Fringe or like anywhere you and I have worked, you know, you have the people who you can say like, this is annoying and let's like have real talk and I can, I can complain to you. But then when I go back to the director or go back to the artists and say like, Hey, so sorry, we can't do that. You know, I can come back at it with a, with a calm tone and with the attitude I need. And I feel like everyone needs that person who they can just say like, this is annoying. And let's like be angry about it for a hot sec. And then let me come back and like put on my game face and deal with it. But the amount of flexibility we all have to have here is just, especially, I mean, our projects are anywhere from one day to four weeks for readings. So they are just so quick turnaround. I mean, we had one last week that finished on Sunday, yesterday, and we had another one that started today. So we just are like rinsing and repeating all the time. And our flexibility has to just be like, clutch it has to just be on point because we don't have the time to drop a beat like i got called at 1 p.m on sunday saying hey can we move our crew call to 3 p.m instead of 2 p.m and i'm like this is today right (laughs) but but we have to and we have to be like okay like this sucks but let's do it you know let's like just do it because we don't have the time to to sit there and complain about it because by the time we complain we're missing the moment. And I, I have the people who everyone's, everyone's dealing with their own shit that I just have to like buckle up and get the work done. And it's important to have those two sets of people because I, I think if I didn't have my support system being my friends, my family, you know, the people I trust here at work, my boyfriend, I would just be <laughs> complaining to everyone all the time. But I have those people so that I can put my game face on when I need to. Yeah, I think a support system is absolutely critical, especially something like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, is it safe to say you have a seven-day work week? Uh, usually five or six. We try really hard here to have a one day, at least one day off a week. So whether whether that always happens, mm-hmm. but usually we try and work six days. Sometimes on the rare occasion we have five-day weeks. Um, and next week I will have a five day week, which I'm very excited about. Or this week actually. Ooh. This week I have it. Oh yeah. So excited because my birthday is coming up. So I am taking that weekend for myself. Yep. I remember because you always did the fringe during your birthday. I know. Yeah. And now I don't have it, so I got a I got a vacation weekend. <laughs> Yay, finally. Right, I know. So, so we, we've mentioned the fringe about 40 times already, and the audience is going, What fringe? What are they talking about? Um, <laughs> is it the, the short lived but eminently enjoyable <laughs> <laughs> Ithaca Fringe Festival, which I think started in 2013 and went to 2016 or 2014. Went to, I don't know. I was, I was only the artistic director. You. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I think, I, had, I, I think we had three years of it. Four. Four? Four. Four. You're blind, I blocked one of them you out. blocked one of them out. <laughs> Probably the train track. Oh, what? Lord. But 
that was a completely different animal, I think, from probably a lot of the other things that you had done because you were in charge of all the mechanicals, mm-hmm. and, you know, all all the nuts and bolts. I was I was putting things together at one level. And I relied on you implicitly, and I think I was in almost in tears a couple of times. Um, and you just sorted everything out. You had the schedule done. You 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 managed the venues. This was a twenty four seven deal for five six days, including mm-hmm. tech. Mm-hmm. Um, what I mean, what happened there? I mean, did 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 we? Did, <laughs> I don't know. The artistic director decided to stop it. So, yeah, well, yeah, there, <laughs> have to talk to him. <laughs> there, there were reasons, including my gray hairs having gray hairs. But um, it was. I remember those those five six days being some of the best days out of the year, considering. Yeah. You know, between the two of us, we did so much work. I, I remember we got out there one night, and I think I tried to dunk my hamburger and my coffee at, at the oh, diner yeah. one night. Yeah, it was just. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, it, it's, it it's fine. putting all of that together. The details were just so incredible. It's, um, yeah. I've, I've, is, have you had anything like that since? I think what was great about that is that frankly, like you and I just get along so well and we trust each other to do our jobs really well, you know? And I think that's something that anywhere you work is so rare to find, you know, like I, I'm trusted a lot with what I do here, but in the same way. And because our team was just much smaller and also you and I have such a long relationship of friendship and you seeing me work and us, and also that being just such a passion project for both of us, like that trust was just incredible that I would be like, yeah, George, you do what you think and I will follow it. And you were the same way with me. And that made it so worth it. Because I knew that whatever I said, you would not go back and say, actually, don't worry. I will save the day. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. you would just be like, oh, what did Peggy say? Great. We're done here. Why are we having a second conversation then? Yeah, no, it's, it's, we, we made up a a remarkable team. Yeah. And I, I know from directing and producing that if you don't have somebody you can absolutely rely on. And I've been fortunate not only to have you by my side, but to have a couple of other outstanding stage managers that, um, like, as I said earlier, it's, it's the best gift you can, you can possibly wish for to have somebody who knows what the hell is going on and knows, yeah, how, to, and knows how to handle it. And knows how to talk with you about it in a way that doesn't feel, it doesn't ever feel shitty and it doesn't ever feel like work. And I think what was great is that the fringe, although, so many hours and at moments I was like, you know, this sucks. And do I want to do this again? Like the next year would come around and I'd be like, of course I do. And that's exciting. And that's like, so wonderful and not, and I will say like, not common, you know, it's not common to be like, Oh, I just worked like 8 million hours and maybe had like 20 burritos more than I should (laughs) have, but I still want to do it again. Yeah, dude, man, the burrito fund and the drink fund were high. Oh lordy, yeah, yeah. It's but it was so, but so worth it, and so yeah. exciting. And you never, it never felt like you took advantage of my time, and I always felt so valued and so appreciated in a way that is really beautiful. And like, 
not common for technical people, to be honest, like, which yeah. is sad. Yeah, I know, because I've heard so many horror stories, I mean, about things that have happened in other productions where people just, it, it they could have just gotten together and gotten along, but nobody mm-hmm. stopped to think and nobody stopped to consider. I mean, think about those those four years and how many acts we produced. And mm-hmm. it's, I just had Michael Burgos on the show. Ugh, I love Michael Burgos. Month, he's still touring with that show. This is four Amazing. Years, this is oh like my six God. years later. He, I, I, I spoke to him in Hawaii. Ugh, yes. Living the dream. Yeah, and, and then that, that day that Alan Clark and his 17 people. Oh, my God. And they all came in at the one day. And on one bus. Yeah. And, and we, oh, yeah. we spent four hours putting them up in different places. And, it, again, it was, it was moments like that and, and shows like that that made this – ridiculous profession of theater when are you going to get a real job and become a real person uh, and stop eating ramen noodles and pop tarts you know worth it yeah well and everyone honestly everyone on the fringe artists you are like our volunteers our volunteer coordinators each year Mm -hmm. like everyone was just so appreciative in a way that is so undervalued you know in the theater world I feel like I think about this all the time that you, you know, that the cast, um, is going to be, is going to be thanked. Yeah. And welcomed, you know, that the director is going to get the credit, you know, that the writer is going to get the credit, but the staff that goes behind that and the, the crew and especially technical staff, it, the, it, it's not automatic to, to thank them. You don't think about it. Uh, like, of course, you're like very grateful for the amount of work they do. And of course, it couldn't happen without them. But for some reason, because you're not seeing, you know, they, they put the set up and then walk away, that it just slips your mind to thank them. But really, a simple thank you goes such a long way. Yeah. And I think what's so exciting about the fringe is that every single person not only knew who I was, but thanked me. And that was really like, that's pretty wonderful and pretty rare um and just just like so beautiful that i remember every single artist who has come through the fringe and they still they we still like keep in touch with all of them pretty much yeah yeah yeah, and that's so that's so wonderful you know we've created this like small family small like slightly (laughs) slightly random family (laughs) yeah well it's like a very weird family yeah (laughs) I mean, the best shows are the ones where you get to the cast party and everybody's crying because now it's over and your hearts yeah. are breaking because you've had a wonderful time. And yeah, and the but as a director or writer, you you get that bond with the cast. And I think as a production manager, I don't always get that relationship with the cast. I certainly get it with the crew, and I certainly get it with the designers. Yeah. But on something like The Fringe, where there is not there's a couple crew members we have like our venue coordinators or our venue techs for each space but there's no designers you know it's it's very it's very down to the down to the bare bones it was incredible that all the cast knew who i was and every single artist right Um, and we're we're appreciative i think that's just like it was just a wonderful environment that i think i think you created honestly well, a bunch of us created it. You know, it's, it's, it's Maura and I started it, and, you know, you, you were completely and 3,000% integral to making this thing the success it was. Um, 
and other people who came in, Leo, uh, who, mm-hmm. who, who volunteer coordinated, and all of our our volunteers, yeah. you know, uh, were just outstanding. We were so lucky to have all of that come yeah. together. There were no bad moments. Yeah, and like even even like AJ Sage, AJ Hughes, uh, yeah. Mike Davey, all the people who kind of originated also, I think are worth saying thank you to because I think that we changed our volunteer coordinator every year, but we still were able to create that wonderful environment for everyone. And I, yeah. I think it just goes a, goes a long way. And Absolutely. It's, it's great. I like that's not something that I've felt in the same way since. Yeah. Okay. I got two more questions for you and then it'll let you get back to uh, doing all the <laughs> amazingly important stuff you've been doing. Um, <laughs> first, the, when was the first time you realized theater was what you wanted to do? Uh, third grade, third grade, I was in, uh, Bye Bye Birdie and I had one line and I cannot remember what it was. I feel like it was about grapefruits. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I, I remember being on stage with my friend and we were having like a fake dialogue that wasn't scripted at all. Uh, and like a fake parent and the exhilaration after that show and having my parents in the audience at every show was just, uh, it was just great. And I realized like that community experience and like a shared passion for something, Frank, that's frankly a hobby is, um, that it could, when it could be a career I was in, I was hooked. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you take a big chance going into theater because there's, you know, nothing, nothing, there's no safety net and just a lot of tight wires. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, last one. What is there that you want to do with your career you haven't done yet? What would be that? Jesus. that uh, what? I said, oh, Jesus. Yeah, really. Uh, Come on. Hit me with the hard ones, man. Um, Oh, I think I'm interested in seeing the, the combination of education and theater in, and, and work with that a bit more. I do a lot with the administrative work, um, for our production interns over the summer and in terms of uh, scheduling interviews and hiring and sending the offer letters and sending the rejection letters and scheduling, um, info sessions. And so I do that kind of work, but I'm interested to see a bit more of that, that education and theater combo and see what that looks like in, in the world. Um, the public actually doesn't have an education department, which is kind of wild. And it's something that, I've been doing a lot of because it's, it's become a passion of mine to, to mentor and to teach up and coming artists and production managers and be there as a, as a person for them to ask questions to. And I think that's something that I, that's something that I'm, I'm interested to see how that develops as part of my career, whether that's in theater education or in admissions somewhere. Um, I don't know. Um, but that's something that's like in the back of my mind as I, as I get excited about, you know, 
high school, college age students being like, Hey Peggy, I want to sit down and grab coffee with you for an hour. I'm always, I'm always game to make time for that because I think it's incredible. Wonderful. That's, that's, you'd be an amazing teacher. I can tell you that much right now. So, Hey, Peggy One day. Perry. One day you. I'll get my master's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Thanks. Hey, this has been so much fun talking with you. It's been way too long since we've connected. Um, and it's really good to hear your voice. And it's nice to know that you're doing very, very well at it. And I know you're eminently capable. So good luck with everything that's about to come. And thank you so much for being here. Thanks, George. It was so nice to, to have this time to chat with you. I feel like it's been extremely too long. Hey, kids, thanks for listening to Onstage Offstage. Onstage Offstage is produced monthly, and all of our shows can be found at onstageoffstage.org and also on iTunes. If you enjoy what we do, please recommend us to your friends. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at OnOffStage. And if you are a theater artist with an upcoming project of interest or work in a part of theater we haven't covered yet or know of someone in the theater world who'd make some great chat, please send us a note at info at onstageoffstage.org. Onstage Offstage believes in and advocates for a world where all people are free to live their lives as they wish, in peace and without fear. We believe in universal respect, diversity, and equality in all areas of life for all people no matter what their nationality, race, religion, age, sexual status, or gender. Onstage Offstage will never promote or endorse those who seek to diminish others because of who they are. I'm George Sapio. Thank you once again, and happy theatering to all of you. (laughs) 